0: Apple presents Meet the Musician at the Apple Store. Let's go ahead and welcome Jonathan Mannion. There we go. Appreciate y'all for coming out, supporting uh, my homie, man. You know, somebody from home soil. I'm from Cleveland, born and raised. Uh, It's an incredible place. I'm honored to come from there to be part of that. I obviously represent New York heavily. I've been here since 93. I don't know if a lot of you know about me, but uh, I'm a photographer, director. I've been at this since about 93. I've done like 8 JZ album covers for, for Game, Rick Ross, like part of the family, many families, and many people also represented on Staly's album. Um, I've photographed and worked with for a really long time. So um, it is my great honor and privilege right now to bring out my friend, the homie, the big homie, Staly. Ohio's finest. Keep the applause going, please. Please. I'm the old finest. He's the new, young finest. That's the one you gotta pay attention to. Thank you. How y'all doing? Y'all
1: good? Thank y'all for coming out.
0: So I got a notepad, because I want to get it right. I got deep and important questions <laughs> to, uh, to ask this evening. So uh, we're gonna dive right in, man. You know, this is, this is an epic moment for Ohio, I think in general, in a lot of ways. You know, LeBron has come back, you know, Manziel. OK, I don't know about that. I'd, I'd say Staley's uh, contribution to Ohio at the moment is even more important than anything Manziel and his one catch down the sideline that was actually a penalty could ever have done. So, you know, I'm going to dive into a couple of things. Uh, just simple questions, man. You know, kind of hold on. let me let me get this right. First of all, I want to say happy birthday. Thank you. It's your birthday in two days. Yes, thank you. It's an important and epic week, (laughs) man, to celebrate. Um, You know, you made like a really quality project here you know what i mean but this is not your first. like you you're almost a legend in your own right already with the projects that you've done in touch honest cowboy lincoln way night savage journey to american dream like all of these kind of things like you're an established og artist Thank you. and yet you say that you're at the beginning of your career explain what it means to be at the beginning of the career and to claim to be an original what do those two things mean to you
1: Man, um, you know, the reason why I say that I'm at the beginning of my career is because I feel like I'm just starting. I feel like this is the true introduction. Um, I feel like the bodies of works that you just uh, mentioned were kind of like the setup for this, you know, um, the growth. Uh, There's been so much progression, not only as an artist, but as a man, you know, I I really feel like I've come into myself as a man, um, first and foremost, and I think that's helped me along the way through um, putting together these projects and putting together this album. Um, Original, you know, that's just something that I've always been. I've always been that eyeball, someone who... um, didn't really fit in with the, the crowds, even though I was always the popular one and hung with the popular crew, but I was always that one that stuck out. And that's just naturally just by me being strong-minded, strong-willed to be myself, not afraid sure. to be myself. Yeah, true, I'm a Scorpio, so <laughs> <laughs> very and <that>. passionate. Thanks.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, I mean, look, you know, you can touch on it on so many levels, you know, yeah. being born and raised there, you know, I think that there's some real, like, amazing old-school values that you learned from being from the Midwest in general, but also from Cleveland, especially. Um, In your opening kind of line, the first line of the song obviously is the title of the album, Ohio, right? Uh, You paid homage, I think, uh, in an amazing way to a lot of artists that are from Ohio. Uh, Bootsy Collins, Bone Thugs, Ohio Players, you know, uh, and Roger Troutman that I actually didn't know was from Ohio, which is incredible, because he's (laughs) such an OG. What does Ohio mean to you? And you can interpret that however you want. Not the album, but the place. Like, what was your journey? Explain to me the 330 that you throw up so effectively every time.
1: Yeah, um, it means everything. You know, it's um, a hard-working, family-oriented community. You know, it's a a place where everybody is prideful. Everyone has each other's back. Everyone supports each other. Um, And that's really what it is, you know, in a nutshell. It's that simple. It's just about having those, um, the morals of... Being a good person we we were all raised and taught to just be a good person, respect our neighbor, um always look out for each other. If I have a dollar, you got fifty cent, you know what I'm saying, so that's just the type of community that i'm from, and um I appreciate it because I carried that on to you know my adulthood and I try to give those values through my music and to my family
0: yeah, sure I mean yeah, you've shown it well i mean look i'm I'm jumping kind of to the outro of the album, but you spent quality time with your family to almost kind of you know, make them live forever. Yeah. I, explain a little bit about how that came to be because that makes you, in a lot of ways, different from a lot of these artists that are just repeating, you know, line after line after line after line. Like, yeah, we got it. We got it in the first three seconds. Right. Like, this is an intelligent album. It goes in line with everything that you've always spoken about, but but it does include family. Like, touch on that a little bit and why that was important.
1: Yeah, it was important to, you know, have my uh, kids to be a part of this album. This is my, my first baby and they my babies too. So, you know, to have them, on the album it was uh you know an honor you know that they were able to take time out of their busy schedules (laughs) (laughs) i bet they have more twitter followers than me and instagram followers to use the iphone recorder and record me a nice message and it's crazy because they all said that you know the album was a classic or that it would live forever and that's not something that i gave them to do you know they kind of just did it on their own so it was awesome yeah that's some smart kids, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a testament to your they upbringing. Know, they them, know, man. What it you know? Is. Nah.
0: <laughs> yeah, man, already. Uh- You know, another thing, and sort of along those same lines, is like it's a really musical album. You know what I mean? Like, you know, you can really go to some sweet spots, you know, like the piano keys on free,
1: uh,
0: you know, little like tuba, you know, sort of bass line in the Navajo rugs, which I want to touch on really heavily. Shout out
1: Rashad. He always putting tubas in the. Yeah, man. (laughs) Yeah,
0: yeah, exactly. Over here. Stand up, man. We need to give you a round of applause, man. Yeah, make
1: some noise for Rashad one time. (laughs) I actually
0: photographed him way back when, dude. a couple people on your album, man. I think I only missed uh, August Alsina. Oh, wow. So, so you got to no, get so it. I yeah, yeah, that. yeah no, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> um, How long did it take you to make this album? My understanding from speaking to the label is that it took, uh, you know, you took your time with it. It wasn't anything that would, had to be rushed, and there was demands on, on releasing it. It was like ready when it was ready, but I understand that there's like an arsenal of tunes. Explain to me your curation process and how you ended up with the 11 that are on the album.
1: Yeah, um, so for me, you know, it's all about writing until completion or until I feel it's complete or until I feel like I sonically have a body of work that um, is conceptually fit. You know, um, I have hundreds of, you know, like records, you know what I'm saying? But it's all about the way I narrowed it down to the um, 12 that I have on the album is definitely basically just... Me listening back to everything that I've recorded through the six months, because I I think it took me about six months to record this project, on and off, not six months straight, but just on and off, in and out of the studio and being on the road. But it took me about six months to create this album. So through that six months, all the music that I made, I really just go back, listen to it, and then I pull a sound together or I pull a story together that I feel fit or that I want to express at that time. And that's really how I did it.
0: You know, I speak of, it's incredible. Sorry I devalued uh, your album by saying it was only 11. Oh, no. It's 12. I'm sorry, you guys got a bonus track, you know, from my uh, analysis of it, my apologies. Um, you know, I look at Ohio and, you know, especially being from Cleveland, you know, we draw influence from a lot of different things, you know, especially musically. Obviously we have our own sound and our own sort of, sort of OGs kind of that have come through, some of which, I, who, some of whom I've mentioned. Um, you know, but we pull stuff from Texas, you know, yeah. sort of Bombay, Scarface, you know, mm-hmm. that kind of thing. You know, a little bit of New York, a little bit of Detroit players, you know, some of what's floating around the middle. Yeah. But there's a really heavy undercurrent of your project that lends itself well and really influences and pays homage and reverence and everything uh, that you want to say right. it, to the West Coast. Right. Yeah. So I want you to touch on that influence and, you know, just let me know sort of what sort of your love for the West Coast kind of is and how that affects you and how that market is massive. Yeah, well, first and
1: foremost, you know, I, I my love for the West Coast comes from um, just them producing good music and, you know, somebody like Dr. Dre having an ear, a, a genius ear to dig into Ohio sound and create his own, you know, version of that through, you know, his beats that he made for N.W.A., Snoop, Tupac, you know, himself. So um, even... Uh, M you know what I'm saying. So it's just definitely me paying homage to that because they pay homage to us, you know. And me just being a, a head of music and just really digging and you know knowing the sounds that come from it and the originators. It's just definitely dope to see that it's appreciated, you know, so far out and then probably 20 years later even, you know, 15, 20 years later. So, um, but that West Coast sound, I guess it, it it touches home because it is home, you know. So I guess. That's that's why it touches so close to home, sure. and it's a, it reminds me of a, li- a lot of the music that I heard running around in my diapers. You know, when my mom and you know my aunts and my dad or whoever was playing music. You know, they was playing Cameo or you know Zapp and Roger or whoever. And I was yeah. probably supposed to be in bed. They was playing Spades, drinking, and you know I was probably about to get a. A it's early me, influences, you know, that's a butt, that through but that's what I heard coming through the wall. So it yeah. probably just stuck with me. And, and this is just me saying probably because you know you don't know as you growing up what's sure. going to stick with you. And I'm saying that that's what probably stuck with me. Sure.
0: No, man. I think that's a huge part. You don't really forget. There's, there's really like. Cleveland, Ohio, I think, in, in general, and Massillon, and the whole thing, man, you know, Dayton, Columbus, Cincinnati, everybody yeah. there, and you shot everybody out. Like, this is, you're an inclusive human being. You put the entire state on your back. 100%. You know what I mean? And and I think that that, and in a really thoughtful way, because you are a thoughtful individual, like, you're thinking through the process. I know from even our photo shoot, you know what I mean? It's a constant thought process, yeah. which we'll touch on in a little bit, but... You know, I remember, you know, a lot of like my childhood having little matchbox cars. I remember my mom's Barracuda. <laughs> I remember an 83 Buick Regal, black on the outside, tan on the inside, a little black and mild. We <laughs> called it way back when, when I was fly, when I was 13 or whatever. I must have been calling it it's that. It's definitely anyway, a black and mild. I may mild. have made that up just right now. <laughs> but uh, car culture is yes. huge. And huge. this was something that was like so integral in your uh, visuals that were being created for this album, like, even far beyond I think what even was able to be communicated mm-hmm. in certain moments, right? Tell me what that is. Tell me about car culture, driving around. You know, you have tunes that, that touch on it. Boomin', System On Loud, Chevelle, the ill tune with Rashad. Yeah. Like, you touch on it heavily throughout. I Every, want you to speak yeah, to that. Yeah, I mean, Culturally. The
1: car, yeah, the culture of the cars in Ohio, I mean, you're going to see everything from, like you said, a Buick to a uh, Camaro to an old school Porsche to an old school Bentley. Like, car culture is just so heavy in Ohio. I think mainly one, because a lot of the cars were made there, especially American cars. Sure. And, um, you know, people are, you know, our grandparents, our, our uncles, our, our dads, our older brothers, um, even the homies in the hood was always working on cars or around cars. To me, that's that's me just growing up. And every time I walked outside the house, whether it was to go to school or whether it was in the summertime and I was just going to the park or I was going up the street to get, a, you know, some soda and some chips, you know what I mean? It was somebody outside, either in the trunk or under the hood fixing up the engine or in the trunk fixing up a system. And you would crowd around this or you would just kind of observe and have conversation around this car. But there was always music coming from this car. And every time, excuse me, And every time you would drive... I mean, every time this car was completed, so to say, if the system was complete, the engine was complete, you know, the wheels was new, whatever, the first thing you say is, yo, let's take this ride. You know, and then the first thing you do is pop in something good to listen to for that ride. And that was so important to me because music was so pivotal at that moment because it took you to a place and it, and it almost helped you enjoy that car a little bit more and the time you put into it because you might have spent hours, days, months working on this car to the same album, to the same song even. Yeah. So when you you know you get in the car, you gotta ride to that same song. You can't just, you know, have that song playing the whole time as you was working yeah, on it, but you can Take it for it. the ride, you know what I'm saying. So sure. that's what uh, the car culture is that important, um, that important to me because that's what I remember from it.
0: Yeah, yeah. No, man, it's it, 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 for me. Driving is like freedom, and I think that's you know. It touches on one of your the tunes big, called "Free," that is actually a tune that I would bump. And, and that's be the first another thing. One, it know? is
1: freedom. It's, it's a it's a space where you can not be bothered, and you can kind of zone yeah. out. You can be personal and intimate with that music or with that artist that you're listening Correct. to. And um, you know, it's it's definitely a privilege that um, once they strip it from you, it's 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 crippling to me. You know yeah. what I mean? So
0: yeah. Uh I have a random question. What are your favorite five cars? Ooh. I just wanna know. Ooh. Cause you mentioned that you mentioned Chevelles and Pala sixty fours, eighty-three Mercedes 380 SL, yeah. Alpina BMW. Like I know that you're an old school cat for I the I love time Alpinas spent.
1: though. That would yeah. probably be one. Um 87 Monte Carlo. Um uh. I like El Caminos. I like uh 76 Chevelle. Um 6'4 Impala. Uh what else, what else, what else, what else, what
0: else? Um, Depends on the day. <laughs> yeah, it does,
1: but I, I love Corvettes. Yeah, man, you know, me too. Uh, rocks z twenty oh, eight. you yeah. know, so. Cool. I'm a, I'm a well, fan. I am was just curious. Yeah, yeah. That was a personal <laughs>
0: thing. I have another random question, too. That Ohio, the Ohio sample, <laughs> where did that come from?
1: Rashad, I don't yeah? know where he got that from. That's you? Where'd you get that from? Oh, Oh, oh Ohio. <laughs>
0: All right, man. Yeah, keep it a secret. It sounded like an operator when I was younger, like from a dial tone thing, but then I'm old, man. You know, we used to have people patching in, you know, and carrier pigeons. That's all we had, man, when I was... Yeah. But uh, I'm going to touch on LeBron a little bit. How many points would you score against LeBron? You're a Uh, baller, you know, from the Maslin days. We talked about that a little bit. Yeah. Today, Uh, back
1: then? Today, I probably would score 10... Ten yeah. and a game of twenty one? Yeah, nah, I mean I thought you were talking about four quarters. Four four quarters.
0: <laughs> a game of twenty one. I don't know,
1: it. I might not score against him. He's quite solid, man. You know, I'm gonna need some help. I'm gonna need a pick or two, you know what I'm saying? There it is.
0: There it is, man. Look, I have uh three tunes that have like really four for that matter All that right. have really jumped in the top position for me, right? Uh, what it'd be like, Nipsey Hussle is the homie. Yes. I find that there's an amazing parallel between you and him in a lot of ways. Like you know, I had the pleasure of working with him in Compton. We mm. shut down like Crenshaw and Slauson at five in the afternoon, walking in the middle of the street. Yeah. Ridiculous. <laughs> that's, you know, but that's there, there's a humility. Man. Uh, to him that I that I've, I find that you have. He's got a presence that's really calm. How did you come to work with him and what does that song mean to you? I
1: think that's that. You know, like friends, uh, being like-minded, having the same goals, being driven by the same, you know, um, things as far as just accomplishing and, and or wanting to accomplish in music. Um, you know, I used to work at A Life, and yeah. uh you know not too far from here and he used to come in there when I used to work you know this is when he was first starting and I think he might have just put out his first mixtape it might have been called Crenshaw I think. And yeah. um, you know we used yeah. to vibe and just talking. Um, now that I'm here, you know we still have that same kind of friendship. Even with that record, you know when I was out in LA, he asked me to come to the studio just to play him some of my album because he had heard word of mouth that my album was incredible through mutual friends. And he was like, "Man, I just want to hear it." So yeah. I went out to the studio, played him some records. He heard that record and was like, "I gotta jump on that. Like you gotta let me get on that." So yeah. I was like, "You the homie?" It's like, so of cool. course. And it's you know, cool. again, I think that. When when you make music with friends it shows and that, that's why I wanted that that record yeah. is one of you know the best records on the album
0: uh, August Alsina
1: somebody's he's so smooth man like i don't <laughs> know like
0: how did you k- kind of curate and say all right this is a cat that's going to make the album again, like how did that relationship come to again, be again
1: a friend you know what i'm saying somebody that um, i met we you know we vibed um, We share a lot of the same sensibilities, you know what I mean? So it was just about um, hearing the record and I heard his voice automatically on it. I reached out, let him hear it, he heard it. He was like, yo, I gotta jump on that. You know, you so he sent it back like Would he it. was so excited about it. Like he sent me like a little video of him doing it in the studio. You know what I mean? Which I thought was cool. And that's always again, it makes the music so much better when people yeah. are excited about working with each other. Sure. And it shows through that you know. Yeah, there's
0: there's an honesty it, and it goes back to you being a thoughtful guy. I think that anybody that you're gonna bring into your cipher is also gonna have to have those same sensibilities. Of course. You know, and the rest of it is like you can be cordial and nice and respectful. Manners are, you know, are key throughout, but yeah, man, keep it pushing. Yeah, yeah, you are yeah. making the album, man. Exactly. Um, always into something. Ty Dolla is also incredible. Intelligent trunk music at its finest, yeah. in my opinion, <laughs> yeah. you know, which I want to touch on. And I know since we're wrapping it up, I think the most different and, and special tune on your entire album, at least for me personally, mm-hmm. and something different that really honestly does create a new sound, I think, your own unique sound, which is all the way through. But I think uh, when, I, when I spoke to you you said that this was the biggest kind of get for the album, and that's uh, Navajo Rugs with De La Soul. This was yeah, yeah. somehow something that hit a different chord with you. Explain the entire tune, and, uh, and finally, I guess, the final question, what it means to be a classic, as that is part of... That tune. Yeah, I'll wrap that, it up and then I'll open it up for questions.
1: Okay. Well, um, Navajo Rugs came about of you the title and the and the concept for the song yeah. came about of me just being a, a lover of the rugs. You know what I mean? Like I love Navajo rugs, blankets, etc. So I was online one time just looking through um, like trying to find a rug. This is so I mean? dope. You guys are being <laughs> led into some special essay. <laughs> this, right this is kind of nerdy, but I was actually nah, online the looking for shit. a rug, and um, as I'm doing so I start to read like about the uh I guess the the way they create these rugs the the all the intricacies that co- come into it and how they al- align the designs and the textures and different things with the sun and the moon and the stars and the way the world is turning and the a wind or whatever it is so I'm like man it's so much thought so much spiritual um you know spirituality that goes into these rugs and people do what they walk over these rugs they wipe their feet on them they lay on them whatever they throw them to the side and i was like man that kind of reminds me of like my rhymes like i feel like i put so much time so much energy so much of my spirit and my my soul into this music and sometimes people just brush past it because they want to hear something i guess not lyrical or the turn up or whatever it is so i'm like man navajo rugs and then reaching out to the legends you know de la soul who again are friends and i done i did shows with them over in czech republic and when i first met them and i seen them down at south by southwest i hit up Posse and was like man i would love for you guys to complete this concept and idea that i have of this record um would you mind getting on it and he was like i'll be honored you know and then that's how it came about man
0: I love it. Look, I know we have to open it up, man. I just wanted to say that uh, I have a couple of pictures actually show you. Can I do that real quick? Two seconds. Hold on. I got my clicker. So don't be scared, man. Don't be scared. I want to see. So I just wanted to let you guys into a couple of little things. It's left and right, right? Here we go. Hopefully. You know, I had the privilege of kind of going back to masculine with you. It was amazing to see everybody react in such a different, wide range of communities. You know, white, black, red, purple was just coming up to you, paying respect, paying homage, <laughs> like easy to laugh, easy to enjoy yourself, <laughs> like laughing with some woman who I still That's haven't Facebook. This is yeah, right in front of your house. Just people like, you know, these little kids wilding out. It's one of my favorites, man. This is a a really humble day of kind of walking through Maslin. Take us through a little bit.
1: 21, 28, that's where I grew up at um, as a kid. Um, That little awning that was right there, I used to dribble and shoot basketball on top of that like all day and drive my mom crazy. I'm sorry, (laughs) like crazy. But, you know, it was just, you know, it was better than going roaming the neighborhood. So That's That's what it
0: is, man. And you were welcome back, man. You know what I mean? For sure. It's another masculine thing, Tigers, people calling out, girls driving by in Jeeps. Yeah, I don't know yeah, if you yeah. remember any of this, man. The heavy masculine representation. I'm gonna rip through these quickly, man, because right. I know we wanna get to these kids' questions,
1: right? That's my high school, looks like an NFL stadium.
0: Yo, Harshav, right on the corner. That's yeah, where you went That's school. the
1: hood right there, Harshav and 16th Street. For those who you know are familiar with my music from before, I had a record called Harshav. People used to be like, "That's a dope title of a song," but that's really where I grew up at. You know what I'm saying? And it was really harsh over there, like, and right there, Harsh and yeah. 16th. A lot of it's a heavy criminal intersection, activity man. happened.
0: <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> This is in Cleveland, again, kind of roaming around, spending time. I thought that that was a nice, humble moment of reverence. Yeah. At least that was my interpretation. This gets into the album cover now, Heavy Ass
1: Car. That's home right there.
0: Always representing that Cleveland. Just sharing, just sharing. Sharing is
1: caring, you know? One of the best to do it right here. Yo, and that, in the cars, that, what, the when cars. You, when you are in the Midwest, excuse my chest, ladies, but uh,
0: <laughs> it being so big and brolic, yeah. I know. But, the drool but, is happening. The drool is real.
1: But, but when you in the Midwest, every dude is like that. You know what I'm saying? And that's what I really wanted to capture on this album cover is that essence right there, like this right here too, like that house, that shirt off that smoke like everything like that this is what you see when you walk down a neighborhood in Ohio yeah and this well, was a real man uh, uh urban neighborhood in Ohio so. <laughs> <laughs> there's some different neighborhoods yeah yeah a little tight a little tighter right, in some right, way right.
0: no this was it was an incredible session I will say you know it's like three days worth of work yeah and we landed all this stuff within the last hour yeah pitch black in the rain like Total dedication to making it right, and I appreciate you pushing me as far to reveal what was in that special lockbox in your brain man. Thank you for letting me (laughs) in. Nah, thank you. Hell yeah. These are my two favorites, I'm gonna end with that, and then we'll put the album cover back up. I don't know, it's just like, it's a movie,
1: as Ross said, it's a movie. That's that's somebody waiting for, uh, to do something bad. (laughs) <laughs> yeah.
0: So we're going to leave it at that, man. I, again, I appreciate your nah, time. Man, I appreciate they appreciate you. your time. It's an definitely. honor to sh- you know, share a couple of definitely. moments with you. Nah, here. man.
1: Thank you. Yeah, man. I appreciate you. Definitely. One time for Jonathan Mannion, Ohio Zone, one of the best photographers to ever do it. I appreciate you being a part of this for me. Like, it means Classic. a lot. Classic. Yeah. That too will last forever. Yes, it will. <laughs> with everybody else on there, man. Yes. God bless. Um... So what's going on? What's going on? Um, my name is Robert. I don't have a website or anything like that. So, <laughs> um, I've been listening to your music for a while, and I was recently listening to the Combat Jack Show. You was talking about you know going to LIU and living in Brooklyn. How did that inspire, or what music was you listening to at that time that helps you develop your own style in general? Oh man, when I was at uh, good question. When I was at LIU, I listened to a little bit of everything, like um. I was listening to Most Deaf, I was listening to E40, you know, I was listening to Jay Z, um, Nas. I remember um, the first time I heard Ether. Was in the dorms and uh, LIU. You know, we all had the debates of who was better, Jay Z or Nas. So my homies from Brooklyn, they was from East New York, actually. You know, they I kept telling them, I'm like, watch, Nas gonna get Jay Z. Watch, you know. And then they was like, nah, nah, nah. So then I remember, I think Flex or somebody was going crazy with the record, and he was he came banging on my door, like, turn it on, Hot 97 right now, like. And then Ether was playing, and I was just like, wow that's crazy. So that that was the type of music that I was listening to. I was listening to a lot of um reggae too. Like um I was listening to a lot of Stone Love, you know, um when you can get the, you know, mixed CDs, 3 for 5 and the one CD had like 96 songs on them <laughs> like <you know. laughs> yeah, yeah. Or the all the different uh same rhythms on the, you know, so I was just, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I I did a lot of that too. <laughs> Stolly, what up, man? What's going on? Big how game, you doing? Baby. Thank you All for right. coming out. Yo, so growing up in Harshave, mm-hmm. what are some of the difficulties and hardships you had to go through, and how did it kind of mold you to be the artist you are today? Man, just uh, living in a single parent home, you know, like that was probably the hardest, you know, obstacle for me, like and, and my mom. But you know, like we struggled. My mom worked a job that probably paid. Five seventy-five an hour, you know what I'm saying? And she had me and my sister, and it was just times where, you know, I wouldn't get, you know, anything for school or, uh, like, back to school or anything for Christmas, and the the thing that kept me grounded was really sports, you know, and my mom just staying close to me and always having, you know, wise words to tell me because it was so easy to walk outside and get, like, a eight ball and just sell dope you know what I'm saying because anybody would front you that you know what I mean and so that was really just I guess what made me the man I was because it was so easy to do it but I I resisted and I think I still resist a lot of temptation and and wrongdoings now to to stay you know myself and humble so yeah Hello, hi Sally. Five one three representing Ohio, oh, Cincinnati. Cincinnati yes, in the building. Yes. Thank you. Uh, my question to you is: I'm fresh to New York, yes. educator. But how do you? I guess both of you keep your. It's different. New York is <laughs> is, is, is tough. Big time. So how do you stay Ohio and not convert to the roughness <laughs> of New York and keep that home down home self? And I don't want to get eaten alive here, you know. Yeah. so But I want to stay Ohio. That's my. I'm where gonna I'm be. From. Um, I'm gonna be honest. You can't, man. It's a jungle out here. Like, for real. I was much nicer when I first came here, trust me. You just can't. You just got to You gotta adapt. You know, when in Rome, do as roman And so, but, nah, New York is great, and it's great people here. You know what I mean? Just like it is in Ohio. And I've met some of the uh, best friends that I've ever met in my life. Some people that I've known all my life aren't even as, you know... Um, I guess, humble and nice and caring and open up their homes to me. Like I I spent, you know, months and years sleeping on floors and couches and people opened up, you know, and I, I lived in some rough neighborhoods, but it was still a door or a bed or a house for me to stay in. So, I mean, I love New York City for that. How's it going, man? How you doing? I, I'm good. I've been following you since um, address, since the DD-172 era. Yes. <laughs> um, my question is basically like this. I notice that like a lot of artists, they go from independent, like currency and everything like that, and when they go to a um, major level, um, label and everything like that, their music is completely 180. It goes from like... Rap to like disco or something. How do you maintain? <laughs> how do you maintain that substance? Like you still, like for God's sakes, you got De La Soul out of left field. Nobody really knows none of the stakes is high, but how did you maintain that substance with like Ross? Like how did you do that? Like, did, like I don't know. Like I'm usually when you think of the transitions, just watered down. How do you maintain that that substance still? Because I feel like when I'm listening to this, I still feel like it's 2011 with the um Lincoln. Yeah, Lincoln Way. Nice. Yeah. yeah. It's it's about um knowing your worth and and knowing what you stand for and having a voice. And, you know, being with Ross, Ross is such a, um, intelligent dude and such a, a hip hop dude that he understands. And he, he's, um, a good middleman to the label to kind of express what I want to do and and my vision and you know honestly without him or without without somebody like that it's kind of hard sometimes but also I can't even give him all the credit because my label is definitely supportive of what I do and um you know they they behind me for you know a hundred percent as well. Okay, by the way, Gentleman's Quarterly is still one of my favorite songs. <laughs> Mine too. So thank you. <laughs> What's up, Style? What's going hey, on? I work for A Life also. So, oh, love, yeah. <laughs> uh, my question is, um, since you worked at A Life and you were around that lifestyle, um, how, did it, how did you build your culture and your lifestyle and stay consistent as the artist you are with your music, with working at A Life and then being from Cleveland because our family in Ohio also. So yeah. I, you know, I know the difference between you know New York and here. Like, how did you stay consistent and then get the opportunity to work at a? company that has such a lifestyle and stays true to itself and not change who you are throughout the process of being the artist you are. Yeah, I think that's what they seen, you know, like, because uh, believe it or not, like, A-Life reached out to me, you know, to uh, work there, you know, like, and it's crazy because, I, I mean, I've worked every job in New York City, honestly, and I was working at Sharper Image, Right. <laughs> and uh, Sharper Image was closing, going out of business. The same day it went out of business, you know, we breaking down, we moving fixtures or whatever, like literally this was gonna be my last day coming in the store, and my homie Dice, I don't know if you remember, yeah, Dice, he called me and was like, yo, A-Life wants you to work there. Like come through, meet their bosses. And I was like, all right. I went there that same day. I was my last day. I got hired that same day. But it was because I was so embedded in the culture of streetwear and in New York City, and I always stayed myself, and I always was humble and respectable when I came in there that they was like, man, that's the type of character or type of person we would want to work in our you know, company. And at that time, we were opening up a new store as well, um, ARC Sports, and they wanted me to kind of spearhead and manage that spot so um, it was a great opportunity like I said you know like I was telling her like I met some great people in New York who really accepted me as who I was and as one of their own as well and and I'm you know grateful for that can we give them a round of applause everybody buy the album immediately if not sooner definitely Yeah. yeah